the boat, battered by the waves, was far from land. The wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace, peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is August 13th, but spooky season is already upon us. And I know what you're thinking, Pastor. No, no, that can't be. It's still summer. The Bears have only played one preseason game. School doesn't start for roughly 4,320 minutes. Not that anyone's counting, but if I were. See, of course, that doesn't matter. Because if you look around, the signs are all around us. Stores are pushing everything pumpkin or pumpkin spice. Kids are giddy with excitement as they're getting closer and closer to finally making a decision on a costume this year. And your neighbor, who left out that 10-foot-tall Halloween decoration year-round and lazily just threw random seasonal clothes on it to make it appropriate, is finally going to be back in season. Look, I don't care if you put a Santa hat on the top of the werewolf. It ain't a Christmas decoration, buddy. But now we're back. We did it. Spooky season is here. And as a part of it, we're in that mode where we're looking for a little scare. We're on the prowl to kind of get a little bit of fear, just the right amount. Boy, do I have a gospel for you today. A gospel predicated on this feeling of fear. It opens with the disciples by themselves on a boat and they are filled with fear because their boat has been battered by the waves because they're sitting there far from shore and the wind has been against them. If that wasn't frightening enough, a shadowy figure comes walking at them on the water. And it is, and I quote, a g-g-g-ghost. Yeah, it's like Scooby-Doo up in here today. And just like Scooby-Doo, when they take the mask off, it's a familiar face. But instead of Old Man Winter, who runs that abandoned amusement park for no reason, it's Jesus. Jesus is the one who's walked to them on the water. Jesus speaks to them words of comfort, do not be afraid, allaying all of their fears. Well, all of them except for Peter. Because Peter decides to press his luck a bit. Peter asks to be invited 
out onto the water. Now, as someone who is not a strong swimmer, I cannot begin to imagine what Peter must have been thinking when he made this request. I tried all week to figure it out and I can't. The best I can come up with is Peter is Michael Phelps. That's what I came up with. It's the only thing that makes sense, but I don't think that that timeline quite works out. So the second best thing is that Peter is making an educated guess. Peter, you see, has had some experience of watching Jesus do some pretty miraculous things, and he trusts that he too, if he truly has faith, if he truly believes, can do the same. Peter just watched Jesus feed 5,000 people with a few loaves and fish. Jesus just walked, uh, Peter just watched Jesus walk on water. So Peter makes an educated guess, steps out into the water, and as it turns out, look better than his head. But for a minute it does. Peter walks on water until he gets distracted. Peter notices the wind blowing, causes him to become distracted from Jesus, the one who's invited him out of the Then he starts to sing, and then really go bad, and he reaches up his hand and goes, Sing! Peter does pretty darn well for himself. But, see, where he goes wrong is he becomes distracted. He allows that which is going around him to get in the way of the task Maybe think about all the different ways in our life that we become distracted from that which we are faithful to. Every year I faithfully begin the year with a game. I'm going to read the Bible cover to cover this year. And by the middle of January, I become distracted. Suddenly this personal faith journey takes a back seat. Pretty soon I'm like, I'm going to read Mark cover to cover this year. Yeah, he's the shortest gospel, but he's the original. He got to start somewhere. Or how often does our pursuit of our career get in the way of community? Or how often does our pursuit of just daily busyness get in the way of experiencing daily breath? That which Jesus offers us to support us, to lift us up, and to encourage us in faith each and every day. The beauty of it is only by risking fall, only by stepping off into the deep end, only by sinking does Peter have the experience of rescue and recognition and acknowledgement that Jesus and Jesus alone is able to say that Jesus and Jesus alone is Lord, Lord, save These are the same words face in both faith and fear that I say when the world becomes overwhelming to me. The reality is the world around us is just too much. We know we can't do it on our own when we understand that sometimes things are just beyond our control. What I love about this God is that grace is not found in the miracle itself. The grace that is found in the invitation. Come, 
be with me on the water. The grace is found in the action filled with salvation, the reaching out, the lifting up, the rescue. Perhaps the most poignant words today are the words that Jesus speaks when he gets back on the boat with the disciples. He looks at Peter, he looks at all of them and says, you, a little thing, why did you die? This could be an oftentimes he is read as an accusatory thing, right? How could you die? You a little thing. Notice I didn't read it like that. But it could be read like that. As if if you don't have enough of it, bad things are gonna happen. And oftentimes in the midst of my struggles, when things don't go the way I want them to go or need them to go, I find myself going down this path. Maybe the problem is I don't have enough faith. Maybe I don't have a strong enough faith. But I'm here to remind you that faith is not something we possess. It's not a quantifiable thing. Faith is something we experience. And I think that's very true in our gospel today. What if instead of finding Peter's lack of faith disturbing, Jesus is patting him on the back, commending him. Whose little faith causes him to take a big step out into the unknown. The faith you see is action. And it's true for Peter as well as for us. Faith is something lived in daily life, especially in the midst of turbulent waters and times. Faith is something to be nourished in community. Faith is something to be celebrated in worship. You little faith. How could you die? How? See, that's a good question. Because something that we've learned about Jesus is Jesus finds abundance where others see scarcity. You see this throughout the gospel. Jesus sees 5,000 people, both women and children, sitting there, and the disciples having only a few loaves, and he says there's more than enough to feed them all. Jesus hears the cries of a wedding party wondering, what do we do now that the blind has gone out? And he sees abundance in jugs of water. Jesus tells stories about how a tiny bit of yeast creates enough bread to be leavened to feed a whole party. Or how it is that a tiny, tiny little seed of mustard becomes the grandest of all shrubs. So great that all the birds in the air chapters, Jesus tells the disciples this. For truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Sometimes, I think, what we do is we allow our fear to get in the way of what it is that we think is possible. But rather than fearing that we don't have enough faith, rather than fearing that things are beyond us, we have to learn to take that little faith, the faith that we have, and act upon it. To cry out for help if necessary, to reach out a hand to help someone when needed. Grace abounds. Grace means for us today that we don't fear failure, but instead we already know we have salvation. We live 
Thanks be God.